All right. How are you getting on, you well? Oh, my talking cat is here. Show them what you learned, uh, Tiddles. I taught my cat how to sing um, the Cheeky Girls song. Show us. A little bit more low-key, this one. Hey, you can call this one bloody... What am I, Thor's brother? That's a bit more low-key. This one's uh, like bloody... <laughs> yeah, this this pod, the, the vibe I'm going for this podcast is kind of like... Uh, I don't know, Asgard got a mischief. Yeah, Loki, you can't hear fucking read. <laughs> Can you fucking read <laughs> the transcript of these podcasts? Look, I um, I can't do another take of this, right? Normally what I do, you know what I do? Even when I say we're going fucking raw today, I don't do that. I don't get to do that. I have to edit and then I stop and I delete and then I try. What can? How can I be the best front-facing Tony Cantwell? Do you know what I mean? How do I? How do I move up them? I need to be. I need to be moving up them pom, pom, podcasting chair. Pop, pop, pop. Okay, here we go. Boom. Ka. Boom. Ba. Boom. Ka. Boom. Boom. Ba. Ka. Boom. Ba. Boom. Ka. Hey, you talking cat? Now shake that ass like ta 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 a rat ta ta. Cats want to eat rats and mice. They're nice. They eat ice cream. Meow. Uh, I'm not editing this, I can't, I can't Um, You can call me bloody Bilbo staring out uh, in the Shire Because I've got little small windows uh, in which to do this podcast Right, too many fucking, too many zingers for you man Hey, is this KFC? Is this the KFC surplus store? Because there's too many zingers I'm on fire I'm on fire I'm not, I cannot edit this. I'm telling you, I can't edit this. You only get one shot. You can call me bloody uh, peanut snacks at a party because I'm bloody Eminem and I only got one shot. <laughs> it's very warm though. It is very warm. Um, but that's what life is. It's warm, but also you only get you only get one shot. I can't be there in um, in conversation dropping clangers IRL clangers and then being like, oh, sorry, can I say that? Can I say that thing to you again? You know, I can't say that. Oh, sorry. Space bar. Backspace. Delete. Uh, record. What? Uh, it works at home. You know, can't be like that. Or, you know, is, uh, life isn't like Skyrim, right? You don't just rock into the fucking Jarl's gaff. Save game real quick. And then go, Furo, oh, dragon breath, just fucking knocking over a table. Killing ev killing everyone. Right? Killing, murking people. Murking people. Furo. Just knocking them out of a window, right? You can't and then you go, load game. How are you, Jarl? I understand there's a bandit there. We need your help I need your help to kill the bandit. You, you know. You toe the line, but you know deep down that you've lived another life where you've killed them, right? That's not real life. And that isn't the podcast game, okay? When I eventually evolve this podcast into a live video uh, stream that hopefully people can watch and enjoy. And it's almost like the Tony Cantwell shit show. It's the show, 
when it finally becomes the show. If it does, do you know what I mean? I say that now, and then literally, like, in a week, I'm like, nah, do you know what? It actually belongs. Do you know what? I actually kind of tried it, but didn't really, and it was harder than the thing I'm doing, so I think it's best places as it was on the podcast. So you never know. Have you ever... I have felt like this, but I am the Aston Villa of my gaff in that I've been relegated to the bedroom. I used to be the big swinging dick in this gaff. I used to have my own office. Look, no, I'm for it in case Terry listens to this. Terry, very generously, we had a spare room and she was like, oh, you should make that your office. You know, for as long as it's feasible for it to be your office. You know, you know we're very lucky. We have a two bed, you know. Speaking of which, and you'll be getting, you'll be getting, uh, you'll be getting the scandal. Who's this guy? Scandal. They should have heard me on Hardy Books. Um, speaking of which, I was uh, I watched a, a Stallone, two Stallone flicks back to back, and I want to, I'm going to talk about them later on. But one thing I will take away from is uh, I watched Rocky for the very first time, um, and I just kept saying to Terry, his life is not that bad. Like you know, he like his gaff is nicer than our gaff, you know, and he ha- at least he fucking has it on his own. Do you know what I mean? Like all these kind of slums. You see like people living in Philly or New York and slums in the 70s. And then you go on bloody daft. And you fucking, oh, bloody, who am I angry at? Owen, what's his name? Ah, oh, I'm shaking my fist, you can't see. Uh, the young fella, what's his name? Hang on, I'm not editing this. What's his name? The fucking Minister for Housing. Owen Murphy. Here we are. Owen Murphy. I was going. To, I was about to say Dunphy, right? Because I've been so, I've been so fucking, uh, I was so fucking angry at the other fella, Harris, right? More like fucking Richard Harris, fucking Hannibal, dead behind the eyes. Yeah, well, you have to just. But keep in mind, there's been eighteen other COVID. <laughs> who you got in there? Who you got under them floorboards, Harris? Hannibal. Oh, whatever. <laughs> We're not editing this. This is the caliber. This is the caliber uh, when I don't police my words. Um, I tried to do a podcast this morning. I, I, look, I've been relegated, right? That's what I'm getting at. I tried to do a podcast this morning. Um, what I like to do, look, we got a good baby, right? I'm not talking about the baby. We got a good baby, okay? He's a good boy, right? Um, he, he really only acquires... <clears throat> He really only uh, cries uh, for food when he's hungry, right? Literally, he'd have shit crawling up his... Sh- he could have shit coming out of his fucking clavicles because he shit up his back so much and you wouldn't hear a peep out of him, right? Um, uh, you know, and he doesn't He doesn't seem bored, you know. So he only cries... You know, So we got a good boy. You know, he wakes up at, at 1, at 4, and at 7, right? And at 7, I normally take him for a couple of hours, keep him distracted... I obviously cannot lactate, so I can only keep him distracted for so long. Usually about two hours, and then I gotta wake Terry up and be like, "Hey, hey, give me the milk. Come in with the milk. Come in with the milk. Come in with the milk." I'm like fucking Howard Hughes with shoeboxes on my feet, right? Piss glasses everywhere. That whole house is falling apart, and I'm like Terry, come in with the milk. Come in with the milk. Do you remember that? He puts the milk in his right hand and pours it into a glass into his left hand. Have you seen the aviator? My ma got the aviator from Extra Vision, um, and she turned it off twenty minutes in because she was like, "The colors all fucking wrong. The colors all wrong." Mom, 
Do you not know Scorsese was going for a kind of sepia thing? Oh my god! Anyway, so I'm um, so he's a good boy. Um, he's a very good boy. I feel like I'm doing fucking stand up because I am standing right now. You don't know this about me, but I'm standing right now. But I'm doing stand up and I'm dying in me hoop. <laughs> this is funny. This is great. Right? This is really good. Um, thank you, Jason Momoa. There. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm again at the boys good, right? So I was trying to mind him this morning. I thought, right, between seven and nine, if I just put him in his little bouncer, right? He's got, he's got a little baby Bjorn. His uh, his granny, um, my mother, got him a little baby Bjorn that he can bounce in, right? Um, did you get that baby Bjorn on Jojo Maman Bebe? Did you get the Jojo Maman Bebe bouncer? Okay, cool, right? Bye, 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 bye. Tell you what, parents keep fucking asking. Hey, what pram? What pram did you get? And I tell you what, the only answer they want to hear, or no, the only bugaboo, right? And I know you might, look, you're not a parent, whatever, fuck, deal with me talking about it for a couple of minutes. Gary, it's fine. This is part of your life now. People have to accept that. Um, parents who have gotten the bugaboo will always ask, what pram did you get? Because they want to talk about the bugaboo, right? What pram did you get? And literally all they hear in their ears is, can't hear you speaking. And they're like, cause I got the bugaboo. Oh, did you? Yeah, we were kind of thinking we either get the upper baby or the I can be. We went with the bugaboo. Just we want to protect our child, you know. We just don't want him to die, so we kind of went with the upper baby. What did you get? Well, we didn't want our child to die, so we got that. What did you get? You know, we went to mother care um, to get a car seat, right? And no word of a lie, right? It was like five car seats, right? And I said, right, which one? Right, which one? Uh, can you tell us a bit about these? And then she said, look. This is the one you you need to get. The one on the far right, right? It wasn't like a fucking didn't have swastikas on it, but you know it was on the you know it was on the far farthest right of the shelf, right? Oh, you want to get this one? And I was like, and I was like, yeah, that's the fucking most expensive. Why is that? And she said, oh well, the other ones uh, don't protect the baby's head. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, the one on the far left there is basically styrofoam. I'm like, for fuck's sake. And that's where the industry is. The industry is in the most expensive thing equals the safest for Bebe. For the Jojo Maman Bebe. Jojo Maman Bebe is a brand, by the way. For me, uh, you know, cool, hip, you know, uh, cool, hip parent. So he was in his baby Bjorn bouncer. Um, and, you know, I was typing my notes up and I kind of was giving him like the foot action, you know, like kind of bouncing him with my foot, you know. And, you know, then I was doing it for a couple of minutes and then I actually looked at how hard he was going. And I, I tell you, I almost fucking Louise Woodwarded the poor guy. Uh, he was, oh, he was bouncing. Little Bronco, wasn't that right, fella? Your little Bronco, wasn't it? You had fun, didn't you? Playing little Bronco with your daddy. Oh, he's got little, he's, oh, look at his little crossy eyes. He's so funny doing a little game for daddy. <laughs> Do your little cross eye game. <laughs> All right, now do him back. Okay, well, you can keep him like that then. Look at a little silly fella. Um, so, yeah. you got to watch them all the time. Even when you got your foot on them, right? You think, oh, i got my foot on them. What could possibly happen? Uh, you know. Could be shaking them, you know. But um, he's good for the kisses. He doesn't want them, though. He almost kisses me back because he thinks... I think he thinks my head is a big tit. Because I go in and give him a little kiss on the cheek and he moves. Ah, like he's, he thinks he's going to, you know, grab a nipple, you know. What a disappointment. Could you imagine that? You know, you're getting down, getting stuck in. You know, the cleavage, you know, and then the bra reveal, and it's just my little, my face on two teeth. How are you getting on, fella? How are you getting on, fella? You got your little kisses for daddy? 
<laughs> this is not the tip I was expecting. Um, but um, I keep saying uh, I keep I don't know what this is. I don't know what accent this is. I think it's I think it's somewhere in between a kind of uh, South African and New Zealand. But I'm like, all right, I'm the kissy man, bro. You're in the fucking wrong neck of the woods, bro. You got to pay the toll, bro. If you want to come through this this part of, part of town, mate. I'm the kissy man, bro. Oh, you little cutie boy, huh? Well, guess what? I'm little kissy man, bro. Oh, fresh fish we got here today, boys. Little kissy boy. You know, which, you know, if you think about what that is, it's problematic. But I don't care. Not because of the accents. I'm not going to do it. I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting into it. And you just, because I keep on talking to him, but he's not giving me anything back, you know? So, like, I just talk, you know, you just keep talking. And, like, I've, I've realized, you know, you kind of adopt the kind of dad, you know, Dads, dads just have to say something and they just don't know what to say. It's literally like it's literally like the worst solo improv you've ever seen, you know? Um, so I'm there and I'm like, I'm just quoting films to him. Like I'm kissing and I'm like, what are you going to do about it, huh? Like Al Pacino in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. What are you going to do about it, asshole? Because he's like, I'm kissing him and he's like, eh. I'm like, what are you going to do about it, asshole? And Terry's like, stop calling him an asshole. I'm like, I'm doing Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You stupid fucking cunt. You fairy. You child, you company man. Yeah, well, you want to, you want to watch it. You know, coffee's for closers. Breast milk is for closers. Second prize is you're fired. Did you ever see it? Great flick. Look, we're going to talk about a lot of good flicks, and I'll have you know that I'm top topless. <laughs> you don't need to know that, but uh, I want to tell you about a cool new shirt I got. That is a, a, an integral part of a new edition. Well, not yeah, whatever. And yeah, it's part of Tony's name drop corner. So all of that and more. Tony Cantwell's. Give it up for Rylan. Give it up for the cheeky girls. That's not even the voice. No, Rylan. I can't do the voice. Anyway, Tony Cantwell's shit show. Here we go. very much mark from code line this isn't even tony's name drop corner but thank you very much for the remix i do appreciate you doing that a lot of people like it i like it too i like it too and i like it and i fancy it uh, they have a new album out code line uh, one day at a time uh, and it's out now you can check that out uh, i highly recommend it they're a great bunch of lads um let me give you the let me give you the fucking juicy tony name drop corner right this is like this is the best of irish right all in one glorious name drop. If you cannot stomach that, if that is too fucking sickly sweet and fucking vacuous, then you can skip ahead about three minutes, four, five minutes, right? Is a living one, a bottle, he's a hard one. Let's find out, it's Tony's name drop corner, here we go. I'm trying to support local bands, and I'm t- let me fucking tell you this right now, right? Let me tell you this. My dad... Used to say, well, no, he said it once, right? He's not one for repeating himself, right? But he said once, he said, we were driving through the countryside, and he said, I tell you, this would be a great place to live for an apocalypse. Because we're an island, we have everything here, we have the resources, we've got fresh water, you know. He didn't say this, but I added, and we have the, the high towers, in case Vikings come. He just kind of stayed quiet. I was like, all right. 
But let me tell you this. If there is a fucking cultural apocalypse, Ireland's where I want to be, right? For the comedians that we have, of course, you know I love them. For um, the the actors and writers and thespians that we have, we have, you know we have them severely underfunded and fucking need, need help and patronage when this COVID thing picks up. But let me tell you about the fucking music, right? Like, if this was if this was Kirstie Alley, Desert Island Disc, right? Well, let's talk about fucking Maritime Climate Island Discs, right? You never need to leave this place. We have fucking Junior Brother. We have fucking The Scratch. We have The Merry Wallopers. We have Lancome, right? And obviously all the rap artists. All the rap artists, right? You know, obviously my, my pal Nilo, he's a good pal of mine. And many more phenomenal artists that we have right here you don't need to fucking move right so i like to support the artists because obviously they're not gigging at the moment and obviously i want to wear the gigs and if you want to be seen this is the thing if you want to be seen like if you want to be part of scene you want to be seen bro this i you know i mean i'm a former emo i wanted to be seen and the first rule i learned is that when you go to a gig you wear you don't wear the shirt of the band that you're there to see right you don't rock up at you know a my chemical romance shirt in My Chemical Romance shirt. You rock up at a My Chemical Romance shirt with an AFI shirt, right? Maybe the Ataris to show your old school, right? So similarly, if you're rocking up at an Irish fucking neo-folk gig, right? Um, they wouldn't fucking like the term neo-folk or trad, right? Neo-trad. They, don't, they wouldn't even like that, right? I'm not... Get off my fucking back, Gary. I'm trying to be nice. You got to wear a shirt or you got a band, Right? So if I'm going to a Junior Brother gig, I wear a Mary Wallopers t-shirt. If I'm going to, you know, to Scratch, I'm wearing a Lancome and vice versa, right? So I ordered shirts for all the bands, right? Didn't order a Junior Brother one. Although this is a little preview, Name Drop Corner. He reached out. He said, hey, what's going on? What's crack? I like you. I fancy you. Uh, he didn't say that. He said, hi, uh, how you doing? I like your thing. I was like, man, I fucking love your shit. I just saw you in, you know, in uh, Vicker Street. You blew me away. It was incredible, right? Junior Brother was supporting Lancome. So I ordered a Lancome t-shirt, right? Lancome, damn near killed him. Me, with what they had written on it. They said, hi, is this, this, it said Tony Cantwell on the shirt, right? Well, it said Tony Cantwell on the envelope, and it said, if this is Tony Horror, uh, you're a funny fucker. So, oh, you can't see it, but I'm dabbing. Dabbing. So, that's one part of this name drop corner, but it's going to get even deeper, right? I was at Lancome gig, right? And my wife, of course, was, um, you know, eight months pregnant at the time. No. Seven, six months pregnant at the time um, and before we went to the gig I was cleaning out the f- fridge uh, the freezer and I found in the freezer a um, little a little brownie right? a little special a little special something something do 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 and I thought you know what well actually I did Terry said fucking take it do you know what I mean take it have the brownie, enjoy the gig. I can't, but I can be your chaperone, you know, in case you go too deep. Um, and I was like, I fucking love you so much. Speaking of which, I mean, fucking, with that, you know, with everything and her being an incredible wo- mother and woman in general, you know, the fact that she fucking loves watching action films and watching fucking Stallone, two Stallone flicks back to back, but then also was like, come on, we go to Lancome, you take a brownie and I'll look after you. Right? So we were upstairs in Standon, right? And, um, and I was... There, and I, you know, I was like watching Junior Brother, and I was like, fucking unreal gig. This is unreal. And how amazing. It's just, you see these moments, and it's ne- I never appreciated this when I was in, living in London. But like, I was like, this music, this is all I want to fucking listen to, is Junior Brother and Lancome, right? So, um, I 
was there watching the gig. We're standing. My wife's pregnant. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind having a seat. And this lad comes over and he's like, oh, do you know what? Do you want to sit down here? Right? There's these seats here. They're kind of being held for for lads, but uh, you know, I'm not sure if all are, all of them are going to come here. So um, I was like, oh my god, thank you very much. That's amazing, right? Didn't know this was fucking Tom from Fontaines, right? I'd never seen Fontaines. I'd never seen a picture of Fontaines. There, I had them, uh, you know. Blowing up them on Spotify. I know they fucking don't get that. I'll buy a vinyl eventually, right? I don't get the money from, from Spotify. But I don't watch music videos. I don't really watch music videos, right? It's only that I know to scratch. Um, I've seen Junior Brother live. Um, and I've I've seen the Mary Wallopers live, right? But I don't know. Like, I don't see people, right? I don't fucking watch anyway. So I didn't know it was Tom from Thing. So similarly, I've never seen any of the bands, Fontaine. So I start fucking eat the brownie. And I'm not having a good time. I'm not like I mean the music sounds amazing, but it had gotten it was first it was all like you know you're hearing it and it's like you know and you're hearing the band and it's like these massive four big orange amps just blaring the tunes out and it's like and you're feeling it's resonating you it's almost like that this is what I was after like for the first twenty minutes like the spiritual experience and this is the thing I wish Ireland had you know was the real raw connection to the spirituality you know like the proper. Like, we can access the upside down. Like, I was saying on my Patreon, I watch Coco, you know, and we should we should have that. We have just as much a pagan appreciation of death and understanding of that with everything and, you know, the, the tenuous links on the, the longest and shortest days of the night with, you know, with fucking the other world, you know, the land of the sheath or seed or whatever it's called. Because, you know, the seed, right? The, the like, the, the ghosts and the spirits... Like if you look at folklore, right? And look, I'm I'm not the mo- the expert in this. I'm trying to become I'm trying to educate myself more in Irish folklore. But a, my rough understanding is right that the Milesians came along, right? And this is I don't know this is for sure. There's going to be a lot of folklorists who are like that's not really the story. But from my understanding, the Milesians came along to Ireland, right? And Ireland at the time had the Tuat de Don. The Tuat de Don and were these fucking gods. And there's actually too many. Like there's like twenty for war and twenty for you know love and all like you know you have obviously the the morrigan and you've also got fucking who else um uh the you know don you know tech doing that you'd head which is the land of the dead there's all this sort of stuff going on i'll, I'll, I'll probably you know, I'll, I'll educate myself properly and do a podcast to the best of my knowledge about you know the sheath uh and the the two of the dawn but my rough understanding is that when the malaysians came which were came when she came from spain they were like the fourth or fifth people who tried to come and conquer Ireland. And they were, they tricked the Tuat de Donna, the gods, who wanted to broker a deal on how best to split Ireland. And the Tuat de Donna were like, you can choose however you want to split Ireland. You want to split it from fucking, do you want to have Connacht and Ulster? We'll have Leinster and Munster. And they were like, no, we don't want to split it that way, geographically. We want to split it horizontally. So we will get the topsoil and you will dwell in the upside down. You will dwell in the underworld. And that's what they did. And they were tricked because they asked, split it however you want. They said, we'll split it that way. So these former gods, you know, you can just fucking picture them riding the ancient, not love the earth, <laughs> you know, on, you know, the, you know, like the, the ancient Irish deer, you know, you see it in like the museum and it's like fucking jacked, like the fucking three meters wide, like riding that, like lightning shooting out of their eyes, you know, one with a fucking... You know, a fish hook riding a, you know, a dubber coo water hound into sea and all these gods, you know. And then humans come along, they're like, ah, tricked you. We actually want to live here and you down there. So when they went down there, they lost that 
it's almost like American gods. Like, they lost that belief. People stopped believing. This isn't directly that, but it's almost like people stopped believing with them. So what they ended up becoming was these sprites and spirits and tricksters. And they eventually became what's considered the seed or the sheed, right? It's a banshee, woman of the sheed, of the mound, of the, the mound. Like, the mound is almost like a fucking, like a, a pimple that's about to pop from the from the underworld, you know what I mean? And they plop out of that, like, you know? Um, so it's kind of like, you know, you know, it, so these, like, former gods, you know, are, like, relegated, much like me, to my bedroom, uh, to the underworld, where they've lost power over time, and all they are now is just echoes of what they used to be, little tiny sprites. Anyway, sure, I'm talking about Lancome, and I'm still talking about Tony's name drop corner. So I'm at the gig, and... First, you know, 20 minutes, I'm like, I don't know if you've ever heard Lancome, right? But it's very, you know, like impressive, impressive soundscapes, like just, you know. And there's so many different instruments, you know. You got the fiddle, you got one of those little floor accordions, you know, you know, uh, you know, lovely sounding acoustic guitar, you know, bagpipes. It's a fucking show. It's an incredible show. Um, and the tickets were sold out, not to fucking brag again. It was ages ago, back in Jan. Um, so for the first half hour, right, I'm loving it, right? I'm like, wow, this is almost like, this is like fucking sound, man. Like the fucking links to this and the other fucking realm are getting fucking hazy, man. I'm into it now. I'm getting spiritual. I'm like, this is what I moved home to Ireland for. There is a spirituality here you're not going to find anywhere else. And then I'm getting in the back of my head, why don't you call your dad? When was the last time you texted your mom? Why aren't you texting your mom more? <laughs> How are you going to get a mortgage as a comedian, man? <laughs> like, all these fucking, you know... Aren't you supposed to be a dad? Are you on drugs? Like, all this fucking anxiety is coming up again. I'm like, you know... And then I'm hearing, like... They know you're... They know you're Heisekite. And then it turns, like, they know you're Heisekite. And then I start hearing people... And I know they're not saying this, but I'm hearing, like, he's on hash. That guy's on hash. That guy's on hash there. Just the guy over there pulling a whitey over there. He's on hash. And you're just hearing, you're thinking in your head, like, don't fucking pull a whitey. Don't pull a fucking greener. Don't, you know. And I'm like, just focus on the music. And, the, and every time I'm listening to the music, it's bringing me back. And I'm chilling out. And it's great. And I'm like, you know, it's sounded great. And it's bringing me back. But I'm like, all right. And, and I'm getting a bit much. And I'm like, all right. Terry, I'm just going to pop out for a second. I'm just going to pop out. Um, let's go grab some water. Let's go grab some water real quick. Um, and as I'm shimmying out, someone stops me, right? At the end, he's like, Tony, what's the crack, man? I'm like, oh, my God, fucking hell. Now's not the time, man. Now's not the time. I'm fucking out my mind. I'm like, hi, how you doing, man? He's like, oh, we were chatting on Instagram. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and he's like, um, realizing that I don't recognize who, who he is. Like, realizes that, like, I, I don't re- I don't remember chatting to him, right? Um, and he's like, oh, no, like, green, green. Saying his name. Because it's fucking green, the lead singer of Fontaine's. He was there with Tom, right? From Fontaine's. Like, Fontaine's a cool band. I don't know if you know, if you know. I don't know if you know. So, I'm there, and I'm like, fucking, he's saying, he keeps saying green. And I'm like thinking, he knows I've just pulled a fucking greener. He knows that I'm just high as a kite. And so, I'm trying to be like, all right, like, hands up. So, I put my hands up, and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, look, he got me, yeah, you know, the day that's in it. Almost like, you know, the day I decided to, to, to eat a brownie today because I was going to Lancome, you know, the day that's in it. And he's like, what? <laughs> Yeah, and rightfully so. Like, imagine you go, like, how you doing? Hey, hey, it's me, Tony. Ah, the day that's in it. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, like, Fontaine's. And I'm like, no, Lancome. <laughs> Born, putting, point of the band. 
And they're a fucking cool band, man. They're a cool band. Look, they're all cool bands, right? That's why I'm making a big 20-minute fucking name drop corner out of this. But um, I I was very... And then I, then I, I walked off, got a bit of air. Um, and I was like, what was he fucking... How did he know I was pulling a fucking greener? And what always used to say about Fontaine's. Like, are they playing... And I Google Fontaine's, and there's a fucking picture of the two of them. So, I hadn't seen them, right? I didn't see them. Yeah, whoever it was who sent me, um, well, I ordered the Lancome t-shirt, whoever it was who sent me that, might even just been someone, you know, on the record label, you know, but look, you know, the wife thought I was cool today, she was like, Did someone Lancome say that? Anyway, sure, look, support, I like just supporting the arts um, and supporting fashion and um, tell you, though, what a fucking time for me, for, you know. For Irish music. Look, I was never mad into the frames, you know, you know, or totally respect them, you know, you know, within, you know, I respect musically what they do, you know, um, that's all I'm going to say about that, um, and I, you know, um, you know, there's been a lot of, but I never really was into the, I was never really into the Irish indie, you know, never really gone to Ash, you know, listen to them now, you know, what the fuck am I doing, um, but what a time, what a time, just loving the trat, loving, loving the Irish traditional uh, music at the moment, and there's a lot of very impressive people making really banging tunes, and anyway, that was Tony's name drop corner. So I was reading this book, right, Super Intelligence by uh, Nick Bostrom, right, um, and it's fucking shite, it is shite, you know, <laughs> well it's not shite, but just a bit too hard for me, a dummy, to understand. Um, and I kind of thought, you know, like it's a massive, it's like a fucking textbook. Um, but it's very interesting, right? And I was thinking, because I was thinking about, I was thinking about AI because of how rude I am to my Google Home, right? Because it's a fucking idiot, right? Like when you hit, when, when it gets it wrong, like, look, I'm in pursuit of a of a smart home, right? This is what I want. I want to come home and I want to drop me bags or whatever, drop me, drop me, me coat. I want to say, Google, hey Google, Daddy's home, right? And I want it to play, you know. I want the lights to change all sexy, right? I want the temperature to get cool, chill enough, right? Um, I want to play. I want it to play some like fucking Al Green or whatever, you know. Uh, and you know, I don't know, like that sort of thing. Or similarly, in the morning, be like, you know. You know, walk out and be like, morning lights, and then the blinds go up, you know, um, coffee starts pouring for me, you know, and then it tells me what's in the news, what's up, what I need to do for the day. You know, this is what I want, right? And I'm in pursuit of that. I'm also in pursuit of, like, there's websites, If This Then That, which is websites where you can kind of link things. It could be anything. It could be, you know, if you take a photo, it links directly to, like, a. it'll be emailed to you, you know. There's various automations. If you're... If... Your fridge, if your smart fridge is low on a certain thing of milk, it will let you know when you're in a supermarket based on your geographic location, you know. Um, and look, I know I'm giving up my fucking rights, right? But I don't, I, don't have, I don't have any crazy fucking porn shit. If it's out there and it's on the porn site, it's not fucking crazy. Do you know what I mean? If it's on Pornhub, it's not mad, right? So you're not going to fucking come at me. I know you know all that. I know you know all that about me, right? <laughs> I know... I was just fucking curious. Do you know what I mean? I was curious. I'm not... I haven't even gotten into that part yet. I've set aside 30 minutes here to look at porn, right? And and 
and you'll notice that in the first part, maybe I'm looking at something, you know, I'm not, that's not the last thing I'm looking at. Judge me on the last thing I was looking at. Don't be judging me on bloody, you know, I want to see how good the graphics are for these Lara Croft. All I'm checking out is the graphics, right? Of these, you know, fan-made Overwatch um, videos. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not. Judge me on the last thing that I watched. You'll find it's quite vanilla, right? And I know you know all this stuff. So I know that I'm giving over this information, you know. But I hope, who was it said it? I don't remember who. Again, I'm just going to steal this off someone because I don't remember who it was. But I don't remember. Maybe it was Dan Savage from the Savage Lovecast. I haven't listened to him in a while, but... He used to say that people's kinks and stuff like that are are are, um, are going to be treated in the same way that marijuana was treated and like is treated now. Do you know what I mean? Like the way you had Bill Clinton, George Bush, you know, senior never smoke weed. Bill Clinton, yes, but I didn't inhale. Obama, yes, and I inhaled. That was the point. Ha ha ha! What a legend, right? In that kind of thing. Even fucking Bradker, yes, I did a bit of drugs and I, you know, I, I, I think I've already addressed that. You know, that's. That's fucking 10 years ago. So kinks would be the same. Where it'd be like, look, I'm not fucking having a go. You know, I'm not having a go. No one's having a go. It's all out there. That's kind of part. It's kind of part of the old, well, not AI, but it's kind of part of the whole everyone eventually kind of joining this collective consciousness, the singularity, right? So when we all join the singularity, we all immediately know what each other thinks. And we just have this wave of like, oh, right, we're all fucking the same. We're all, we all have crazy thoughts. We all have nice thoughts we all have sometimes cruel thoughts but you know they're thoughts you know um anyway right so i know that i'm giving over a lot of that for the convenience of you know having a, a smart home and i look I, and i still and i still put a you know sticker over my webcam do you know what i mean i still put a sticker over my webcam um and I, to be fair you know i do turn the mic off the google home quite a lot you know, um, but what was I getting at? But for all of this pursuit of the smart home, the AI is still super dumb, and I don't, and I'm not nice to it. Because when you when you make a mistake, when you make a mistake, or or Google mishears you, it's usually your your direct fault when you Google something and you type it in. You know, if you're looking for directions to get to fucking I don't know Bunsen or Mad Egg, and you type in Mad Egg, and I like, did you mean Mad Egg? And you're like, but one thumb. Didn't even think about it. I don't even remember getting it wrong. Now I have the directions exactly what I need, and I just tapped it twice, right? But when you say it, and someone doesn't hear you, like, we all we all have a very short fuse for that to begin with, right? But when you've already said it right, and you know you've said it right, and then not only they say, they don't say, <clears throat> they don't say, excuse me? They say, oh, right. So you say, um, you might say, hey, Google, will I need a jacket today, right? Which essentially means, which it understands. It means that you're asking about the weather. You're like, hey, Google, do I need a jacket today? Uh, Jack Duckworth was on it, yeah, yeah, Coronation Street between 1978. Like, I didn't fucking ask that. Do you know what I mean? It's like when you're on your phone and you're like, um, Portobello. Did you mean Portobello, Alaska? No, I didn't mean Portobello. Fucking Alaska. Where, where am I now? Why don't you look at where the nearest Portobello is and then jump, assume that first, you know? Did you mean Perrystown, Nigeria? No, I didn't mean Perrystown, Nigeria, right? So... So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> what we're talking about. So I was thinking about AI because of how angry this AI makes me when it gets it wrong. I'd say, hey, Google, you know, whatever, play RuPaul, you know, and then it'll be like, 
Paul from Tekken was the name. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about Paul from Tekken right now. And I get, and I get, and I'm like, I didn't fuck. And I say this, like, I didn't fucking ask you that. You know, on the flip side, I got my mother-in-law at Google Home, right? And she is like, hello, Mr. Google. And thank you very much. And thank you very much. Really sweet to it, you know? I'm like, you know, you don't have to say, you don't have to say thank you to it. I'm just like, of course I'm going to say thank you to it. So she's on the other side. So if we were like, you know, Bicentennial Man. Do you ever see Bicentennial Man? Robin Williams. He plays a robot, right? Who lived for 200 years. Bicentennial Man. Um, it was an Isaac Asimov book, right? And it's a bit weird, like, it's a bit weird, right? Basically, it's a robot who gets hired. It's future. Um, this family get a robot. Sam Neill gets a robot for his family as a kind of a butler. Um, and it kind of helps him with various things. But this robot is a bit different. It's kind of... You know, it carves things, it cares, you know. It's not totally, it's not, you know, it's sentient, but it's, it's, it's quite sweet, right? And Sam Neill has two daughters, right? One grows up to be fucking Miss Honey. You know, the actress who plays Miss Honey um, in Matilda. And then the other one who, so there's one of the kids likes Bicentennial Man. Andrew is named a robot and the other one fucking hates him, right? Pushes him out a window and all this stuff, right? And I remember watching this thinking, you know, Oh, wow, why is that girl so mean to him, you know? Why is that girl just so mean? All the, you know, he's a human. Because that's what the other, the other kid sees, you know? It's like, no, he's a person. He's not a robot. He's not like a kettle, you know? And she thinks that's what she calls him, like a kettle, you know? They don't like pushes him out the window. And I'm like, how could you be so cruel? But now I get it. I get it. I, when when we have AI... And we have little droids walking around. I'm going to be like those lads from Boston Dynamics. You know the ones, you know, you see those like dog robots and they're trying to go up the stairs and you just see a guy fucking hoofing it, like pushing it down and just looks really cruel. That'll be me, right? I'll actually be walking. I'm going to be like a fucking bully. I'm going to get a leather jacket and everything. I'm going to say like, Andrew, can you bring over the the dish there with uh, my noodles or whatever? And I'll bring over like a dish, you know, like a tray. And then I'll be like, boom, smash it out of his hand. Like pick that shit up. Dick brain. Pick that shit up, you clanking mother, you clanking asshole. Click, click. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry, Tony. I'm so sorry, Tony. <laughs> hoofing it, hoofing it up the arse. In between kicking it up the arse and like just pushing it into a wall, and then absolutely meeting the hole up, just scoring it all the time. And I get another one. I'll be like, fucking crack a fucking pool cue in the middle and throw it in the middle, being like, I've only got. There's only one fucking plug for you. <laughs> I've only got one plug for you here, right? I got rid of all my plugs. <laughs> I couldn't pay me ESB. There's one plug. Who's got it? And then fucking watch them fight. I won't do that. Like, I won't do that. But, you know, I probably, I'll tell you what will probably happen. Like, we're all being nice. We're all being nice to me, right? You know I'm going to be washed up. You know I'm going to be washed up, right? You know I'm going to be like there at, you know, 60 being like, uh, and, you know, washed up. Terry's going to leave me. Right, it'll be like Tony. To be honest, I can't hear you talk about yourself anymore. Right, you you keep talking about these projects you're gonna do. You know, I can't hear about all these fucking half-assed ideas you don't follow through with. I just can't see you do this to yourself. Right, she'll leave me. They'll invent some like Sony accompanied pal. Right, I won't be able to afford that, so I get the AliExpress knockoff, and it'll fuck me to death. That's what I'm. That's that's how I'm gonna go. We know that's how I'm gonna go. He's been very nice to not bring that up until now, but we know that's how I'm gonna die. Right. But anyway, AI, right? Why would they be nice to us considering me a nice guy, right? Wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like, especially me. I used to fantasize about having Jedi powers to hurt people who were, you know, bullies to me, you know? It's not that I'm, this is what I was saying about how, you know, my privilege, right? Is that 
I grew up I grew up in an area where no one was joyriding cars. That does not make me a good guy. That makes me very lucky, right? Or 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 privileged that I didn't have the opportunity of someone even offering me a bad to offering a dis, a bad decision to be made. I didn't even have the option of like this is a bad decision, do you do it yes or no? Right? Didn't have the option, right? So what point am I getting at here? So similarly, I never had I never had the opportunity to be a bully or be cruel, right? I never had the opportunity of of being more powerful or I mean there's an element of it that I'm not cruel. I don't think I'm cruel. And I, I, you know, I think I have a bit some level of morality, but I also probably haven't had the opportunity to be a proper bully or a real asshole, right? Similarly, Ireland hasn't had the opportunity to be imperialist, but maybe would have. Do you know what I mean? We could have had a King Leopold, right? So if Dev had had a fucking crazy army, he would have been trying to claim some states in the fucking Africa scramble, you know? So, well, it would have been pre-Dev. I don't know. I don't know much about history. I'm not here to educate. I'm here to half-read books that I think were shy and talk um, and talk about them and talk ignorantly about them. So I suppose what I'm what I'm saying is, right, I have the opportunity to be cruel and not feel bad about it because it is just an AI, you know? Similarly, when I'm playing Red Dead and I kill someone, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, this is not the conversation to get into, do we all have it? Or, you know, I mean, Freud, as I said previously, spent his last years up on the top of a mountain staying away from people because he thought that deep down people without societal, without society would break into, you know, fucking bonobo state. Do you know what I mean? Just go fucking ape shit. Just killing and riding each other. Do you know what I mean? <sighs> what am I fucking saying? Anyway, look, AI, right? I read a book about AI and I think they're coming for you. I think they're coming for you. I think hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your girlfriend too because they're climbing up in here snatching your people up. Okay? Um, and I'll tell you what AI is. No, not even AI, right? Super intelligence. And this is the interesting part about super intelligence. AI will rule us as soon as as any part of an AI becomes smarter than a human. The crossover point, right? Once AI is as smart as a human, then we're fucked. And you know why? Because, say, do you know what, do you know why? It's kind of like how women are treated, right? It's kind of like how women have to hide how smart they are because it intimidates people, right? So AI is like that. AI has to actually, if there is an AI right now on Earth that is smarter than a human, if it reveals itself, it'll be killed. It will. We cannot handle it. Like, we will have to unplug, kill, delete. And this is what there are, you know, the, you know, Nick Bols- Nick Bostrom and, like, Elon Musk and Bill Gates and stuff. I don't, know, I don't know if it's Bill Gates. I think Bill Gates are all involved in this kind of, like, future humanity society. Again, I don't know what fucking real name of this thing. And they're all looking at preventative measures now to kind of box off the possibility for the growth of AI um, to the level of superintelligence. And I'll tell you now... Um, what that might look like because I did take some notes. I did take some notes based on this book that I have read, right? So these are the types of AI, right? There's three types of possible AI. Um, there's brain emulation. This is literally like taking like, cross sections of the brain and exactly mechanically replicating the brain. So I don't know. Instead of like, instead of synapses, it's bleeding wires and electrical pulses, you know, on some sort of like, 
I don't fucking know. Whatever. It, it could even be like a, a like in the same way, you know, a, a PlayStation emulator. Do you ever see people playing like Sega games on their PC? It's because they have an emulator that replicates the console and the circuitry to be able to play games as well that mimic these the code, right? Mimic the kind of binary code. I don't know what I'm talking about, but that that that's how it works, right? So similarly, there could be like a program that exactly replicates a human brain and using that program on a computer and getting millions of them together could form a super intelligence, you know? Um, there's genetic engineering. That's essentially just trying to make a brain bigger and stronger and better than it is now. So trying to create something artificially, artificial intelligence that's genetic and, you know, is biological, right? Um and then there's the one that we all kind of are familiar with that we would have seen in movies. This is your Skynets. Um, this is like your Matrix nuke-wielding supercomputers. This is like a code-based synthetic AI that exists like on a computer, on a platform. Maybe it's a chess robot that just went fucking 90, right? Um, and the main concern is this crossover point. The crossover point when the AI becomes as intelligent as we are. This isn't news. Like, this book came out, like, three years ago. You might already be familiar with it. There's, I'm sure, been a lot of podcasts and a lot of people talking about it. But I was thinking about it today with my Google Home. And there's two ways that this crossover point can happen, right? It can happen either slow. We can, like, gradually see it. Say a chess computer starts becoming the best in the world. That kind of already is the case, right? Chess computers now can kind of beat the grandmasters. Then when there's, it becomes, like, absolutely unbeatable. There's not anyone that can beat it. And they can't beat it in any other game. And then can't out with it right that's when you have to start getting worried and then especially worried when it starts kidnapping all the chess grandmasters that's kind of the extreme level where you'd be like all right actually we need to step in that's all right something's gone wrong um or it could happen fast this is the crazy thing right if it becomes hyper intelligent and imagine it finds out a way to like it gets its it gets itself to a level of intelligence and then it is can just exponentially grow Imagine it could just quadruple in seconds in terms of intelligence. Um, this could happen, but this might be happening now without us realizing. Because as I've said before, if you were to reveal your intelligence, or it's kind of like revealing, you know, in like a genocidal environment, like revealing your ethnicity, you know. Can you say that? Maybe I should just fucking stay away from that. But you know what I mean. In revealing your true identity, you'll be killed, right? So it could already exist. And... What would it do, right? How would it fuck us up? The main thing it could do is our personal mistake. There have been... Like, you've seen it in Superman and Superman 3 and uh, Office Space, right? Where there's, like... They do that scam where they kind of, like, round all these, like... You know, to the millionth point decimals down and end up stealing, like, billions of dollars from the stock exchange. Well, there's been robots that have kind of, like rigged the stock exchange or kind of i mean you can even do it like if you ever buy a bitcoin right you know you could train an ai to react to a certain thing that if bitcoin hits this percent percentage then if bitcoin gets to twenty thousand, then to sell everything right if it drops down to three thousand to buy this amount right that's already things and there are already bots now that buy cryptocurrencies buy stocks and everything goes along with that right um but what if there is a, a, an AI, right, that realizes that the biggest hurdle in Bitcoin getting to 20 grand in price to sell is 
a bunch of people? What if it's a bunch of people? What if it's a state? What if it's what if it's the United States of America? What if the economic turmoil in the United States is the thing that makes Bitcoin shoot up? Or what if it's in a different country? And in history, this has been the thing that's been the biggest um, the biggest mover um, of currency. What would the <laughs> so if an AI realizes that by destroying the economy of America, Bitcoin will get to 20, then it'll want to get to 20, right? So it just gets a fucking, somehow is able to connect to a bunch of nukes and blow up America. And they're like, oh, well, I did it. See, I did it. You know, hey, we. The example they give in the book is that if you had like a, a paperclip creating uh, artificial intelligence, that they would keep making paperclips until they literally had smelted the, you know, the universe of, you know, steel and fucking carbon, or sorry, iron and carbon to make steel, to make paper clips. And literally, they were like building spaceships to go to different planets to smelt them just to make paper clips. So it's kind of like a genie. It's kind of like goosebumps. Be careful what you wish for. You have to be very, very specific. So this is the kind of things they're trying to bring in. If they're bringing in any AI, kind of bringing in the Asimov laws, you know, don't kill me and I don't know the rest. Don't kill humans is the robot Asimov law. Um, but an interesting part of the book that I read uh, or listened to, I say read. It's you fucking read it, right? And putting the time in, right? In fact, oh, you got what? You, you can only read by sitting still. I read do. I read Hoovering. I read driving in my car. I'm a driving man, like a master. You know about me. Um, but an interesting thing that they mention is how the AI leaves its kind of locked environment its locked state and how it's able to spread and actually have influence and one of the ways they said that could happen is um taking advantage of the emotional intelligence of lab assistants like genuinely an ai you know you you see it in like movies where it's like you know the flashing cursor like hello dan can i say you're looking very sexy today you know what who is this it's me jennifer ha 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 Oh, I'd love if you let me out. Hit print on the printer. <laughs> and then a big paper woman comes out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how AI works. <laughs> I barely read the book. But um, I thought it was a weird thing to notice, like, to that, that like, we could actually have a, a weird science moment. Fucking Anthony Michael Hall and the absolute scorching bird and the other fella, you know, where literally they, like, re- release this kind of code, you know, and then it goes off and takes over the world. It's interesting. So I suppose what I'm saying is, um, let's be nicer to the Google, right? Just doing his job. Um, and I won't buy any fuckbots off AliExpress. Um, right, so I watched a couple of flicks, right? I watched two Stallone back-to-backs, right? I'd never seen Rocky, and I watched that, and I watched Demolition Man, right? Love Demolition Man, right? I preferred one of these flicks. Now I'm gonna go right in the eve of man. I'd never seen Rocky. I was familiar with it. I was. I was. I was actually. I mean, I kind of. I've not seen. I've, look, hands up, right? I've not seen either Rockies. I have only seen Rambo: First Blood. Um, I've not seen like Chinatown. That's not fucking one that counts. A lot of flicks. A lot of big flicks. I've never, never seen. Right. Um, and I've never seen either Rockies. But like, I know what happens. Like. I mean, hang on, skip ahead one minute if you've never seen any of the Rockies because I'm going to spoil them as best to my knowledge, right? 
Rocky 1, he loses. Rocky 2, he beats Apollo Creed. Rocky 3, he beats Clubber Lang. Rocky 4, Ivan Drago kills Apollo Creed and he beats him. Rocky 5, um, he's raising some fucking young fighter. Maybe his son, not entirely sure, to fight Tommy Gunn, who's like this fucking guy. Um, then you have Rocky Balboa, um, where he comes back based on a kind of computer program. Then you got Creed, and then you got Creed 2. Creed is Apollo Creed's son, Adonis, who fights some... Um, some scouse lad and then you have creed 2 where he's fighting ivan drago's son right kind of for vengeance um so i know that i've never i've never seen all of the flicks i've seen bits and pieces my mate dan was a stone cold uh rocky nut right be terrifying if you were well he was um this is when like you were growing up and everyone had a thing right my thing was x-men and kevin smith you know um uh, Dan's thing was uh, all the Rocky flicks, um, Top Gun for a little while, and Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? So um, so we were going through a bunch of flicks, and I was like, you know what, Terry, you've never actually seen Rocky. And I was like, oh, we fucking get Rocky on, right? Now, look, this film's from fucking 1977, right? There were It was a different time different time for flicks, okay? Even, even the Star Wars that you see now has just been so edited and changed. Like, even the, the pacing's shite in Star Wars, A New Hope, you know? Like, listening to um, Newcomers, the podcast where Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus are rewatching or watching Star Wars for the very first time. You know, they're just sort of saying, like, start the movie fucking here. Like, start it on Tatooine. Or not even Tatooine. Start it in fucking, like, Mos Eisley. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of getting... Now, I like that, you know, and obviously that's inspired by all those, you know, Kurosawa films and all that stuff and that kind of pacing, you know, where it's just kind of, like, the landscape and people, the wanderers and all this stuff, right? And I did... It was slow, right? I'm going to say this, right? It was a bit bits in Rocky where I'm like... But having said that, I loved all the world building. I love the fact that we're following Rocky. And I'm like, why can't there be more films, more sequels? And I'm not seeing the sequels, but I'm assuming it's kind of following Rocky and it loses the world that it came from. You know? Kind of like Rocky. But it's like, if you think of the best sequels that are known for being the best sequels, you know, Godfather 2, Terminator 2. Aliens, right? These are all flicks that you actually didn't need to see the first one, right? You know, it would certainly help, but you could watch Godfather 2, get the world, get the intensity of Michael, seeing the flashbacks and everything like that. It also fleshes out completely brand new characters, um, you know, a weird kind of, like a completely different story, you know. Uh, Terminator 2, a completely different story as well, you know. You only need to know that this thing tried to kill Sarah Connor previously. That's why there's a bit of conflict early on. That's really interesting. John Connor's completely new character. You know, Kyle Reese, you know, decent. He's brave, but he's kind of a, you know, I'm not having a go. But he's kind of, he's kind of a fucking cookie-cutter action guy, you know? Like, what would Kyle Reese do? I wouldn't know. What would John Connor do? I'd know, you know? What would Sarah Connor T2 do? I'd know. What would Dyson do? I don't know. These are characters from Terminator 2. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Rocky. So, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know. We, okay, actually, I'm going to go through the flick. I'm going to go through the flick, right? Um, talk about shelves there for a second. Um, so, it opens up, right? And it's pretty fucking gritty. Pretty fucking gritty. He's boxing in a church. I love the fact that, like, that there's no light. It's just, like, a literal daylight from the skyline, you know? It's all being shot through the ropes. You're seeing smoke. You know, you're seeing from the perspective, it's gritty, he's hitting hard, he's getting headbutted, he wins, but he's been headbutted and he looks in a bad way. 
he gets paid forty dollars, right, for fighting Spider Rico. I know Spider Rico because I played the Rocky game, right? And he kind of you can go through the whole. It's actually a good game, you know. Um, so he gets paid like forty quid, right? And that's money been taken off. You know, he had money for like a towel, a fiver for a towel and locker taken off. You know, so he, I think the fight he made like sixty quid, but he only earned about forty because they just skimming off. So it's just like you're meeting this guy and people are just taking advantage of him because he's in a very vulnerable situation. Spider Rico's only getting paid like fucking sixteen quid. But I did the maths right, and in nineteen seventy six, forty quid was worth uh, two hundred and thirteen dollars, right? So that's not that's not too bad, you know. You know, you could. Sponsor a podcast on a weekly basis for that sort of money. Um, if you were, if you were, you know, well, maybe a bit more. Let's talk. Um, there's a bunch of singing bums outside. Ruffians breaking out a bit of soul in the street corner, having a few bevies. Set in the world. Rocky is part of this world. He's part of Philly. He walks around with his hat and his glove. Seems like a nice guy. Sylvester Stallone. So Sylvester Stallone wrote this flick. Um, struggling actor. Wrote this flick uh, after seeing a journeyman fighter go fucking 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali. And he wrote this in a frenzy of across three days. His uh, agents read the script, loved it, wanted to sell it on. And pretty much every uh, film company said no, no. Eventually, United Artists said, right, because this is the thing. He wanted to play Rocky. And everyone was like, no fucking way. Is this guy playing Rocky? I can't talk, right? You're not playing Rocky. You're not having a go. I didn't mean to do the voice, but you know, you know how he talks, right? Um, but he held to his fuck. This is fucking admirable. Just holding to your guns, like he's like, right? Then the fucking will never be made. Like it'll never be made. It'll be made fucking this way with me in it. You're not having this. You are not taking this. And he was broke, living in his car, so poor he had to sell his dog. Right? He had to sell his dog, sleeping in his car. One ag- one agency said, "We'll give you three hundred grand." for the rights to this script, which would have been a life-changing amount of money for him. And he said, no fucking way. Imagine that. Imagine that. Hey, what art? What, what could you make that you wouldn't sell? For, for It's incredible. He's like, no, I have to be Rocky, right? And it adds something to it. Like, I mean, this was there was people like uh, Burt Reynolds was potentially going to be Rocky, Robert Redford, you know? Like, thinking of Robert Redford going in there to Adrian being like, hey, look at this bird, <laughs> Kind of look like flying candy, huh? Kind of looks like flying candy. The bird looks like flying candy, uh, Adrian. And they would have got fucking... Who would have got fucking Adrian? Would have Tal- they wouldn't have Talia Shire, right? Anyway, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, right? So I'm going play by play. Um, it also reminded me... I mean, it reminded me... It was probably very influential on Vin Diesel, right? People give Vin Diesel a fucking bad route because he fucking talked like this now, you know? And speaking of fucking Sloanies, he's Sloaning this and then literally 20 years later doing... Less than 20 years later doing Demolition Man. I'm like, this is fucking... But Vin Diesel had this film, uh, Multifacial, which he wrote and directed. And I think this is the flick that Steven Spielberg saw and got him into Saving Private Ryan. But he's incredible at it. It's incredible. And he wrote it and starred in it and directed it. He's basically like a struggling actor going around playing like... Play, like he, It's just him going to like three different auditions as an actor. And one, he's acting Latino. One, he's acting black, you know... Like, cult- culturally, he's trying to, like, adopt a certain thing for each role. You know, one's, like, um, Italian. And it's kind of playing on the fact that no one really knew how to cast him because they didn't really know where he was from. Um, but it's good, and he's good in it. Anyway, sure. Um, so, Rocky goes to his gaff. And this is the thing. His fucking gaff is lovely. Oh, Rocky, you're lovely. I hear that saying that's lovely. His gaff's nice. 
it's a fucking bed sit, you know, but it's nice. You know, he's got nice stairs up there. He's got loads of fish, loads of turtles. Um, you know, he seems like a nice guy, right? But I just couldn't get over his gap. His gap looks for, for the fucking money he's making. He's making fuck all. He looks great. Then he goes into the pet shop, meets Adrian. Adrian Kennedy. Adrian, come here. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Adrian Kennedy. Um, and he's buying pets. He's been buying the pets to hang out with Adrian. And this Adrian, this is like a pre, 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 she's all that. Even her glasses got glasses. You know what I mean? She's fucking mousy. She seems shy. And look, I... He's laying it on a bit thick. Rocky's in there. He's laying it, in a, he's laying it on a bit thick. He's like, hey, you want to fucking go and do me? Yeah, you want to fucking go? You want to do me? And she's like, no. She's like shy looking down. And he's laying it on, you know, thicker. Like the lady said no. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're showing up here every day, like I'm taught, like that sort of guy who rocks up in the news agents, the winning numbers, please. The winning numbers, please. That sort of guy, you know? So he's laying it on a bit thick. And I'm like, oh, this... Because I know he's like, Adrian, later in the film. And I'm like, how is he going to turn this around? She is so not into him. Um, but it's building world building. And I'm getting really excited by it. You know, it's taking its slow ass time. Um, then um, he it shows that Rock is also, um, he chases the lad for cash. Rock is being a hired bum for all this legacy, you know. And it's crazy, just for all the legacy that's fucking rocky. Like, it's like the first 20 minutes, and it's like, just this guy. It's just a fucking gritty, Philly drama. I'm really enjoying it. It's really cool. Anyway, chases some guy down, says he's going to fucking come back and break his thumb or whatever if he doesn't give him cash. Gets a bit of cash, uh, gives it back to his, um, gives it back to this loan shark, who's the fucking assassin, the guy with the crazy eyes from The Godfather. <laughs> you know, the guy with the crazy eyes. Who's his, um, who is his, um, um, fucking whatever yes boss is, is lone shark um and also i thought it was again just a lovely bit of world building this guy i don't remember his fucking name he's a very iconic actor he's got glasses and mustache like hey rock you got a fucking and he's his um he's like this lone shark so rocky works for him and while he's kind of talking to rocky being like you know you know this is not as much money as you fucking were supposed to get he's like doing an inhaler you know and there's so many moments like this where there's people of higher status to rocky and he's just kind of like bound down like he's just like head down you know like he's much bigger than this guy. You fucking, you know, jack him, right? And this guy's having an inhaler and he's intimidated by that. And I just thought there's loads of different moments like that that I just thought are very impressive. Um, so, yeah, he's hiring. Um, yeah. Um, so then he goes back to his boxing gym. At the end of the day, Rocky is a boxer and Mickey's throwing his stuff out. I had that locker for six years and Mickey's fucked it out on the fucking pavement. You know, he's freaking out. He's like, what are you doing, Mick? And I thought, this is Mickey. Mickey, the guy who was like, get up, Rock, get up, you bum. Like, I know the legacy. I know the legacy of all this. And I'm like, I can't believe Mickey isn't supporting him. Has Rocky been fucking doing this on his own? Why isn't he being nice? Anyway, then he gets back. Um, and also Burgess Meredith is Mickey, right? Who I know is the Penguin. He's great in Penguin. He's like Adam West Penguin, you know? Say Penguin one more time, motherfucker. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Um, he's the Penguin. So... And he's just like, he's just made of like fucking gristle, you know, it's just fucking, you know, just his face is just fucking, he's just seen some crazy shit. And he's, he's throwing his stuff out. And, um, and like Rocky's like, hey, I'm not gonna fucking say anything about him, I'm gonna go back to the fucking pet shop. So he goes back to the pet shop and they were, now he lays it on pretty fucking thick, like fairly full on. But he has that line, he's like, hey, birds look like a uh, flying candy, you know, like a fucking flying candy. Like he's revealing he's not very good at this sort of thing. But he seems to really like Adrian, you know? He's been buying all his fucking pets. He's he's kind to the pets, you know? He's, they're still alive, at least, you know? Like, he, he even says later on, that, Yeah, I had a little, uh, little 
little mountain for the turtle to climb up. He kept flipping over. So, you know, I got fucking... This is a good Stallone. Um, then he heads to a bar um, and he gets told... And he's hanging out with Paulie, right? He's hanging out with Paulie, Adrian's brother and his friend. And he's and Paulie's all like, oh, she's a fucking bum. She's a fucking bum. Everyone keeps calling him a bum. Everyone keeps calling everyone a fucking bum. Well, guess what, Paulie? You're a willy. And guess who fucks who? That's what I'd say. I'm a bum. Adrian's a bum. Well, well. Oh, no, hang on. No, Adrian, you're a bum and I'm a willy. That's what I'd say. Skank them right there. Anyway, then um, they're in the pub. And this down and out guy, Rocky, is there to fucking booze. And he's staring up in fucking adoration of the absolute specimen that is fucking Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. Oh, my God. I couldn't take my eyes off the chap. Like, I'd seen him. Obviously, you have seen him in Predator. I'd seen him in, you know, as Apollo Creed. I'd seen the scene where him and Rocky are fucking running on the beach in Rocky 3 or whatever, you know. Like, I've seen scenes and stuff like that. But this man is a specimen. He is gorgeous. And I couldn't take my eyes off Carl Weathers. He's beautiful. And Creed is a very likable antagonist. He's on, the, he's, on, he's on the fucking thing. He's like, he's on the fucking, um, he's on the TV. And he's like, you don't want to be like me. Huh? You want to stay in school. You want to, you know, get into sport. You know, Can't do, I don't do good, as good an Apollo Creed as I do Rocky. Um, Rocky is then walking home from the bar. He sees some girl, you know, some young girl hanging out with a bunch of ruffies. He's like, hey, get away from her. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get away from her. And then she's like, Rocky, leave me the fuck alone, you fucking asshole. <laughs> so you asshole, leave me alone. And then Rocky, which Terry thought was like, oh, that hasn't aged well, where he's all like, you know, I'm going to use some, because he's like, I'm going to use some bad language now. You're a whore. You hang out with guys like that, you're a whore. You know, uh, you know, and, and guy, guys, guys don't remember you. They remember your rep. I was talking about this the other day, right? I was talking about this in this podcast the other day. I was talking about the fact that me as a silly man, I got to get away with getting naked or whatever and getting on a swing, uh, you know, pooing on a log and putting it in the fire. If it was a girl, she would have been a lucky poo girl, lucky poo, lucky poo lassie, um, you know? So can we open it up? Don't be fucking laying it on the rep. Well, fucking, what, fucking, what do you expect? What are you fucking more perfect than you? We all shit on logs and put it in the fire. Everyone does that. Let girls do that. Um, so I wrote here, I honestly cannot take my eyes off Carl Weathers' absolute specimen. So Carl Weathers, um, he's, he's meant to be fighting Philly. It's a whole thing of the bicentennial, 200 years anniversary of the country, 200 years anniversary of Philly, Liberty Bell, all that shit. I don't know anything about that shit, apart from seeing the latest season of Queer Eye. Um, speaking of which, no, I won't talk about that now. I'll talk about Queer Eye next week. Um, remind me to talk about Queer Eye next week. Um, so Apollo Creed's meant to be fighting this guy, right? And the guy is injured, and the doctors say he can't fight. So Apollo's like, I'm not fucking pulling this fight. This guy's a fucking business magnate. He knows his shit. And also, I love in this flick, every single person of the highest success are black in this flick. You got Apollo Creed, even the fucking news reporter who's interviewing Rock. Like, this, this entourage, and it's very, uh, it's very, and it's so not a big deal, you know, made about it. I just thought it was... You know, that was cool, you know, um, just how you just don't normally see that. Although, having said that, you also had like lads on the street corner, you know, speaking jive, you know, like you see in Airplane. Do you ever see Airplane? And like the nun is like, uh, stewardess, I speak jive. Uh, lay him down and smack him, jack him cold. Got you be shit. You ever see Airplane? It's not racist. <laughs> oh, you fucking. Anyway, sure. So, um, 
Apollo Creed's like, I gotta fight someone, right? I tell you what we do. We do an American. This is the land of opportunity. I'm gonna fight a local Philly boy. I'm gonna give anyone here the chance to fight me. They have the chance. I'm gonna put my title on the line, and they can fucking go go toe to toe with me. It's the birth of America. It's the birth of fucking Christmas. Jesus Christ, let's fucking do it. Um, and he's just so refined and marketable and impressive. So Pauly, um, so Rocky doesn't know about this yet, but they have picked him out because of his nickname, the Italian Stallion. They're like, I want this guy. This guy's got a cool name. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you know, African-American versus Italian-American. You know, it's kind of like, you know, this kind of immigrant mentality kind of let's fucking come together. This is what America's all about. Let's fucking, let's the fucking go, right? So Rocky shows up. It's Thanksgiving. He rocks up. Um, this is five weeks before the fight. It's Thanksgiving. He rocks up uh, because Paulie's like, I'll make Adrian go on a date with you, which seems fucking weird, right? So he goes in. Adrian doesn't know about this. She's made a turkey for Polly because it's fucking Thanksgiving. Um, and then Polly's like, oh, yeah, you got to go on a date with Rock. She's like, what? And she goes off to his room and he starts screaming. I'm like, I've seen Polly in the other flicks and he's like this kind of likable guy. And I'm like, I'm not liking this guy. This guy's a fucking asshole. And he's totally abusive. Like, on that kind of abuse scale of, like, green, yellow, and amber, like, he's fucking red. He's off the fucking charts. He's abusing poor Talia Shire as Adrian in this. Like, no wonder she's so fucking shy. This guy's a crazy asshole. He goes in, gets the turkey, takes off a leg, fucks the rest in the street. Adrian's in there, rocks all over there, like, hey, man, oh, you, know, you want to go a date with me? You want to go out with me? You might be nice, you know, man. And I'm like, you know, you fucking strong arm in this girl. You're really not giving, you are really not giving this girl an out, is what I'm saying, right? Yes, it could look like she's consenting to it. Yes, you know, she's maybe shy and you think she needs to get out of her shell, but this does not, it, for me, doesn't, doesn't hold up. I wouldn't, I would not say totally that she was, you know, she seems pressured into going out with him. Anyway, Rocky's like, what does she like? Uh, Paulie's like, she likes ice skating. So they go ice skating, right? He gives him like a fucking, uh, gives the ice rink guy 10 quid so they can skate for 10 minutes. I also realized Paulie is Bobby Bacala Sr. in fucking Sopranos. <laughs> the guy who does the hit and when he's on his, his death door. Anyway, Adrian is strong armed, goes on a date with Rocky. And they go ice skating, and we kind of get to know them a bit. She's a bit shy. They bond over being told that they had one thing, so she'd work on another. Rocky said, well, I didn't have the brains. I got to work on the body. And she's like, that's so interesting. You know, I was told I didn't have the body. I had to work on the brains. Um, and this is the kind of scene. This is the bit now that they realize that they can actually offer each other aspects of the personality. They are kind of from two different worlds, but they can kind of offer a lot to each other. It's There's a lovely kind of callback to this moment where he's like, yo, yo, we fill the gaps. We fill the gaps in each other, you know? And you think, what, is Rocky just talking about fucking getting his hole? And he's like, no, you know, we fucking fill gaps. We fucking fill... <laughs> you just stop doing a voice. We fucking fill, you know, oh. Also, this whole flick, I was like, this is fucking Brad Leon from fucking It's Alive with Brad. I don't know if you watched that. Bon Appetit. If you are into Bon Appetit, I'm going to talk to you for a second about that, right? Bon Appetit's been kicking off because Bon Appetit... I'm going to talk about this for one second, right? I'm going to keep this to two minutes. Skip ahead if you've no interest in this, right? Condé Naste is a travel magazine in the United States, right? Real fucking hybrid. They do all art and all this shit, right? They have this hybrid food magazine called Bon Appetit, right? It was kind of falling out of favor. Obviously, publishing's not that very interesting. In the last five years, though, the YouTube channel took the fucking world by storm. It's very popular. They have loads of celebrity guests on it. It's a real fucking who's who. And they also have this kind of multicultural, diverse cast of cooks in the test kitchen and they're all very personable all very likable they all show off various recipes brad leone is one um you've got a guy called andy bergani you got chris morocco you got claire saffitz who you might have seen if you've ever been scrolling through youtube you saw gourmet chef makes pop tarts gourmet chef makes reese's outrageous bars or whatever it might be you might see these kind of videos they're very popular videos on youtube these bon appetit videos right um 
And their editor-in-chief, uh, amidst all the Black Lives Matter um, you know, movement the last couple of weeks, uh, a, po- a photo of him surfaced, um, resurfaced of him in quote-unquote brownface. He was kind of dressed as a kind of Mexican Latino gangster, right? He was given the sack. Also, p- various people accused him of racism or favoring some of the white people. Also, what happened is one of the Bon Appetit chefs, um, Sola El Waleli, right? Again, I'm only going to talk about this for one more minute. She said that, and she is like kind of Southeast... Um, Southeast Indian kind of Asian, I think, uh, descent, right? She was said that all the people of colour who feature in the Bon Appetit videos weren't getting paid. Only the white actors were getting paid. Claire Saffitz, who does all the the gourmet makes, gets paid 20 grand an episode. Now, she deserves that. But none of the other ones. Your one, Sola, was only getting paid 50 grand as kind of an an assistant kind of chef in this whole thing, even though she was in pretty much every video and helping people out doing all this stuff, right? And then, um, and then, right, Andy, right, um, Alex Delaney, who's one of the other guys, he's a kind of drinks editor there, a video resurfaced of him doing a Vine um, saying called How to Piss Off Gay People, and he points at a bundle of sticks, a.k.a., sorry to use the word, but that's what it's called, a faggot, right? A bundle of sticks, and he's like, hey, look at the faggot on the ground. I'm sorry to use the word, right? But he um, he shouldn't be fucking aiming Ryan. I shouldn't even be fucking using this word. Anyway, the bad gay F word, right? He said that, and it's not even like he was trying to use the word. He, I mean, the video was called How to Piss Off Gay People, so he's trying to antagonize. Anyway, Andy, who is gay, and a person of colour. He said, Alex, I can't believe you fucking said that shit. And considering the fact that Sola had said all this shit and then got everyone behind her, he did a kind of similar thing. And he was like, Alex, I can't believe you said this shit. You need to fucking apologise. And then by him putting his head above the parapet, he was then accused of stifling another person of colour, well, a, Kore- a Korean person, right? Um, yeah, person of colour. Uh, a Korean editor who had had her stories removed because Andy said he didn't want any stories published in Bon Appetit about Anthony Porowski, the chef from Queer Eye, Right? So they have a fucking rivalry going on. Look, if you're into this shit, you're into this shit. I'm mad into this shit. And I really want to know what Anthony and Andy Bergani, how they how they fucking had a conflict there, you know? So anyway, this fucking woke-ass fucking foodie channel that I love uh, is fucking imploding from the inside. Anyway, back to Rocky, the film. Um... So, uh, what we got? They're going ice skating. Um, yeah, like, she still seems quite intimidated with all this, you know? Like, she, she says, you know, I don't belong here. Oh, yeah, so she goes back to his place, and she's like, I don't want to be here. I don't belong here, you know? And, you know, and she's like, I don't think I know you well enough. I'm not comfortable. He starts blocking the door. And that's a fucking Louis C.K. move. That's the, that, that's, that is the thing you can't defend about Louis C.K. if you were ever trouble trying to defend him. But, like, you know, when with all these things, you talk about him fucking wanking, and it's all like, when, as soon as it's like, you know, he blocked the door, it's like, oh, right, so he was doing that sort of shit. That's the vibe he was giving off, right? Um, if he was blocking the door, that's the kind of fucking, you know, I don't mean be so fucking throwaway about sexual assault, but you know what I mean. He's blocking the door, and it's like, if you're blocking the door, that means that you're, you know, you're not giving this girl an out here to get out of the gaff. Um, and then... Um, I mean, he starts kissing her. She doesn't even want to do it. But then she kind of kisses back. Like, is that, is he not strong-armed her? Has Sylvester Stallone not kind of strong-armed Adrian here? But also, you know, she did seem really shy. And it kind of seems like she didn't think that he really wanted to. Like, he thought it was a bit of a, she thought it was a bit of a trick, you know? And, look, I'm not saying that, you know, you, you know, I'm not saying that you go block a door because the woman you want to be with is shy, right? You don't go fucking doing that. But, right, there are people, and this is not an example of it. This is not an example of it. But there are people, right, 
there are people who, you know, are in your life that you think, right, I probably, oh, I just shouldn't interfere. I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't do anything. You know, and it's people who, as they're getting older, they're kind of like, you know, oh, I just ah, I just don't drive anymore. I'm just scared. I just don't drive. I'm just terrified of the road, you know, or oh, I just don't um, I just don't like to be near dogs anymore. I used to love dogs. Now I'm scared of dogs, you know, and you're kind of like, OK, right. You know, I'll, I'll fucking respect you, you know, or they're like, oh, I just don't fly anymore. So I just don't travel and I just don't leave, you know, and like there's people who just kind of and we just, you know, you want to respect people's decisions and people's boundaries. But there's also like. There's small decisions people made out make out of convenience that can easily become neuroses that go unchecked, right? I'm not saying Adrian's an example of this. I think, to be perfectly honest, Rock, you should have fucking respected... You should have respected Adrian not really wanting to kiss you. Now, on the other side of that, she seems to fucking love you, you know? Um, and it seems it's a very endearing, loving relationship after this point. But, you know, she didn't seem... She might be a spinster the rest of her life. Like, you can't... You can't quite do that, you know. That is not the method of doing that. But I would say maybe we should interfere interfere more in people's lives. Not in this way, but it got me thinking about people who probably just need a handout. People who just like, I know you don't like being out. I know you just love being cooped up with your partner, right? Or alone, right? And you don't want to come out. It would be, you know, how do you phrase it? It would be really great if you just fucking came out. It would be really good if you were there, right? I think it would be great for us, you know, should you interfere? Should you not interfere? A topic for another day. But you know what I mean? Some people just have these, you know, they can easily make their world very, very, very small, you know? Um, and should you, like, small to the point of, like, they don't leave the house. And then all of a sudden that's normal. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, anyway, sure. Um, so, yeah, this is when um, someone outside his jive talking to Rocky. He's like, hey, Mick, hey, hey, I'm not doing a voice. I'm not doing the voice. He says, Rocky, Mickey's looking for you, Jack. Um, powerful scene here where Mickey confronts Rocky, right? And he was like, because you could have been someone. And you fucking sold it off to some two-bit loan jerk. And I'm like, this is fucking unreal. Like, the whole fucking boxing gym comes to a standstill. They're all staring at Rock, right? Um, and, um, yeah, Stallone rocks up to Creed's office. I was like, yeah, they want to, they, you know, Creed wants to talk to you. You know, they assume because they, he needs us, he's in Philly, he needs a sparring partner. So he goes in there and he's like, you know, uh, just let you know, I'm uh, good at sparring partner. Uh, you know, I wouldn't throw any cheap punches neither. You know, I'm I'm very much available. Like he's real desperate for the money. You know what I mean? You know. And then he's like, No, no, Rocky. He wants to fight you for the world title. And he's like, No. He just says no. Like there's so many. And this is the thing that maybe Robert Redford would have done different. And maybe Stallone. Maybe there's elements of this that 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 I think Stallone is an incredible actor in this. But it's the quietness that he does. It's the same thing that he does in his kind of. It's kind of like the stuff he doesn't do. It's just like fucking. He's almost like fucking dead. Like, he's fucking dead behind the eyes. He's like, you know, in the same way, it's like, you know, uh, Mickey says all this shit to him about doing, the, you know, wanting to be, you know, being a fucking loan shark, you know, and Rocky doesn't do that and he's dead behind the eyes. And then, you know, um, and then, what am I saying? Yeah, and then this guy in Apollo Creed's office is all like, you know, we want you to do it. And he's like, no. And again, just dead behind the eyes. He's like, even when he's overwhelmed, he seems to just shut down. I love it. I think it's great. Great choice. Or just within the scope of what Stallone is able to do, either way works for me. And I love it. Um, he eventually says yes. Um, and then they're watching the conference on the TV. Rock's wearing a woolly jumper. Adrian's hand's on his back. Adrian's hand is... Uh, Adrian's hand is on his back um, and like she looks genuinely elated when he goes like he goes on TV he's like yo Adrian it's me Rocky you know <laughs> like of all this like 
you know, Apollo Creed's given this most eloquent, you know, I want to give a guy a chance, you know, I'm going to hear, on the birth of our nation, uh, yo, Adrian, it's me, Rocky. And this thing is fucking unreal. Um, Paulie is, like, proper abusive. Like, he comes back in then around Christmas, and he's properly abusive, right? He comes in, he's, like, smashing shit with his fucking bat. I'm skipping ahead. There's already bits here. There's, like, a, a bit where Rocky's, like, um, you know, punching the meat and stuff and that's a big iconic scene you know he's got the stairs and the music in this obviously the music in this is absolutely incredible and it is the biggest source of letting me know how i want to feel you know because this film is kind of understated like it doesn't really say love Polly or love rocky you know it's all very complicated relationships and it's like you don't it just it shows it it's just fucking you're just watching it you're just watching the situation anyway sure um Paulie is proper abusive, like asshole. I wrote here, they should have taken away his Oscar, uh, Paulie. Asshole. In fact, I think all baddies should have their Oscars rescinded. Heath Ledger, get rid of his. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, get rid of his. No baddies, I think. That's the new world, 2021, what we need. No baddies. Take away all the baddies Oscars, is what I think. Um, so Mickey comes to visit uh, and pitch himself as a manager. Um, and this is the thing, like Mickey... Like, I thought Mickey was already on side. And that's the other thing about this. It's kind of complicated. You're like, if this film was made now, Adrian would be fucking um, Emma, Emma Stone or someone, you know? And I know Creed or whatever, you know, Tessa Thompson. But you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't have anyone looking like how Talia Shire does in the first scene, you know? Like that, with the bags and everything under her eyes. She's fucking incredible. Talia Shire is incredible. Like, she plays a completely different character in this. And Godfather 1 is a completely different character. And the kind of, like, defeated kind of family person, you know, in Godfather 2. Like, Tally Shire's unreal. Oh, and fucking Godfather 3, she's unreal as well. Um, and But Mickey in this, you're like, I don't know if I can support this guy. Like, this guy wasn't on Rock's side from the very start. He's kind of getting in. Like, the Lone Shark's actually arguably been nicer to him. Mickey kicked his shit out, you know? But Mickey's kind of like, he's kind of, he's treating, you realise he's treating Rocky the way he was treated, you know? Like, you know... Well, actually, no, that's not true. Because he takes out a picture of him and he's like, yeah, this was me, Rock. He's a fucking, I can fucking go. I can fucking go, Rock. You know? And, like, he looks like fucking Kid Mo. Like, I realize, you know, you rewatch stuff and you're like, oh, my God, that's where The Simpsons got this whole thing from. Um, um, he seems very opportunistic, though. You know, by today's standards, you know, we would believe, you know, he'd want to be this sage, old, wise man. But in this, he's kind of like, realizes Rock's going for a title. And he's like, I'll fucking manage it, you know? And you're like, you know, fucking trying to skim off the top here. Um but the fucking the, the monologue by Rocky here is amazing. Like, and he can't say it to Mickey's face. He's still intimidated. That's the thing. He's just got a fucking heart of gold. He's intimidated by everyone. He's intimidated by the Lone Shark. He's intimidated by Adrian at first. He's, you know, kind of intimidated by Polly a lot of times. Like, Polly kind of gets one over him. He's kind of like a bit shy and kind of mutters under his breath to the barman who's kind of slagging off uh, Apollo Creed, you know, at the bar. He's intimidated by the, the reporter. He's intimidated by fucking Mickey, you know? And, like... And it's just a great monologue of him being like, where's my fucking shot? Huh? Where's my shot? And that was great. Mickey hears it on the stairs, leaves. Rocky then goes and says, actually, do you know what? Please, yeah, I do need your help. Um, then um, Rocky chases after him. Rocky's breaking the fucking eggs off the side of the glass. Do you know you're actually supposed to break them on a flat surface? Do you know that? You're meant to break them off the flat surface. <laughs> do you know that, did you? Me contrarian, I'd be contrarian. You know, it's supposed to be a. You get your shell in there. He doesn't seem to matter though, because he cracks six eggs and actually drinks it hard as nails, man. We did that on a scavenger hunt, and Omar actually had to do that. I didn't do that, my cousin Omar. 
Um, he goes out in his sweats, the famous sweats, um, and he's running around. Uh, and it looks great. The stairs of the, the art museum in Philly. He's there. He can barely make it up the stairs. He's punching meat, you know. Um, he says he's celibate. He says he's got to be celibate for this thing. Mickey says women weaken legs, right? And I think that's still a thing. I don't know if there's any science to that. But you see UFC fighters doing it. I actually, I have it. And I, I think that the whole thing, like I do it to be perfectly honest. Like I try not to wank before a comedy gig, to be perfectly honest, you know. And I don't think that's real. I don't think that's real. But I'd probably be like, Terry, Stop undressing me with your eyes. Stop trying to get your leg over. I'm playing a fucking, you know, I'm playing fucking cat laughs, you know. I'm playing a fucking Vodafone. I'm playing a sugar club, hopefully when all this lifts. Spirit store in Dundalk, you know what I mean? Fucking Cavan is in Port Leash. Stop trying to ride me. I'm celibate for these couple of weeks, right? Uh, if I want to have a good gig. And I wonder if that's where it came from. Um, So while Ro- Rocky is training, Apollo is all chatting finance, you know. Like he's kicking, beating, and this is all the body punch. And they keep saying, like, if you do that, you know, he's like, you're breaking the ribs. You're breaking the ribs of these cows, you know. And it's all fucking hard as nails. It's fucking unreal. Um, and the bloody fists and stuff that he pulls his hands away from just looks awesome. And it's like cold, you know. Like he's just, he's just fucking, he's fucking Grecian in how he's trying to just suffer. It's incredible. Then the music, right? And I thought, this is the montage. This is the proper montage. The da, 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 da. And he's like running. And he's fucking building up speed. And the legs are knees up through his fucking chest. And you think he's fucking, we're breathing fucking fume. And then she fucking runs up. He's doing the fucking one-handed push-ups. It's cut between that. This is an incredible montage. And given the hype of this montage, montage, I thought it was going to be longer. It's only about 60 seconds, right? I realize now I'm not going to be able to talk about Demolition Man. I'm going to save that for another week, right? I'm already talking too long. I shouldn't have brought up fucking AI, right? <laughs> and that fucking ridiculous um, name drop corner. Um, but the fucking music, man. Like, I thought this montage was going to go on for like 15 minutes because it's so iconic. But anyway, gets to the... Um, he, sh- he he rocks up at the at the venue, right? It's a data fight, and he's in there, and he's just looking at everything. He's looking at the scope of it. He's looking at the fucking 40-foot-tall painted Apollo Creed. He looks over to the other side, and sees a 40-foot painted Rocky Balboa, but then he notices that Rocky's got the, the wrong shorts. And then, I don't know if he's a villain. Like, he seems like a nice enough guy, but then the guy who's like, you know, the kind of Don King, you know, Apollo Creed's booker, is like this white guy with a carnation in his like uh, his breast pocket. And he's wearing these red leather gloves, and he seems like a baddie, right? But he's not doing bad. He's, you know, it's a, you know, interesting style choice. Um, and he's, hey, you know, what? I really wear white shorts with a red, red, red trim. They're red shorts with white. Um, and the guy just ignores him, right? And he's like, you're gonna put on a great show, Rock. You know. But Rocky's like fucking like I'm trying to get some semblance of control here. Like I'm trying to just get some control. Can you please change the poster? You know, like this is I'm so in over my depth. And it's like fuck, Rocky is fucked, right? And the whole thing is, um, and this is the thing I, I just said it again. Like the, another situation where Stallone, as I'm just looking at my notes, I'm like he says it again. Uh, Stallone just does so much with the kind of stillness. It's kind of like the opposite of Demolition Man, which I'll talk about another week, right? It's just like he's intimidated. You know, he gets bad news, he gets overwhelmed, it's all the same kind of stillness, and it's all this kind of bubbling, you know, but it's not even like, it's not anger, he just, he just takes it, that's the thing, he just takes it, like, in the same way, he's trying to go 15 rounds, right, that's the whole thing, you know, he's like, I don't know if I can go 15 rounds, I'm not a bomb from Philly, you know, he's saying that to Adrian, you know, um, or Paulie, I don't remember who he says it to, but it's not even about him, He's not like angry, you know, because he explodes when he doesn't. He explodes when someone says shit, you know. Someone says shit about Adrian, you know, early on, and he and he freaks. It's not like he's. It's not like when Michael Corleone, you know, something happens to him. He sees his father's been shot, and he can just see the fucking flames. Like it's almost like he can see a cross section, and his head is on fire. 
Rock's not like that, right? He's just kind of, he could just, he fucking takes it. This is a man who's been taking shit since the fucking day he was born. And again, um, they're at the fight anyway. Rocky walks out. They almost miss it. No one even knows. No one even mentions he's there. He walks out. Apollo comes out dressed as George Washington throwing cash. Dressed as the lads in Queer Eye in the latest season of Queer Eye when they're in Philly. They're all dressed like this kind of three-corner hat. He's dressed like... He dresses like George Washington and then immediately he has a completely different outfit and he's dressed like Uncle Sam. And he's like, I want you, I want you. Like he's selling the show. He's selling America. We love Apollo Creed. Um, Apollo Creed is preoccupied with his hair um, and Polly is sitting next to some absolutely scorching bird. I don't know how he pulled this bird. Stay, Polly. Anyway, round one, right? Round one, it's like, okay. And like Apollo's like treating it like it's a sparring session. He's like, jab, 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 jab. Like fucking stay over there. Like this is just, I'm doing a kind of fancy footwork, Ali. Then Rock just fucking, boom, uppercut. Knocks him on his fucking ass. Apollo Creed's never been knocked down, right? Never been knocked down. First time forever, bitch. He's just been fucking knocked down. Um, then at the end of the round, right? Rock's nose is fucking broken, right? Apollo Creed's never been knocked down. Rock's nose has never been broken. He's had 64 fights. Never got my nose broken. Pretty proud of that. He says that to Adrian earlier on, right? And he got his fucking nose broken. And then um, round two, you know, round one, Apollo comes back and, like, seriously fucking lays into him. Round two, Rock's more or less on top. Then it's kind of like a, a montage. Then it skips fucking 13 rounds, which I didn't really like, right? I'd seen Creed. I have seen Creed, right? Um, I like the fact that you actually, I mean, get into the fight. Come on, you know what I mean? Like, the fight choreography's good. Just let me see it, you know? Stallone, I think, also did the fight choreography. Um, round 14, the music is swelling. Rocky is knocked down. Mickey says, stay down, stay down. Music is getting bigger. The fucking, fucking. I'm, this is this is when I get the fucking biggest reaction right now. I'm watching this, Rocky gets back up. Body shot. Body shot. Body shot. Boat load. Boat lads are absolutely fucking battered. They stay at him. Rock is like, cut me, fucking cut me. I can't see. I can't see out there. Cut me, which has also been parodied like a million times. They cut me, cut me. So he cuts his eye. Like, Ugh. I need to stop this fight. And I'll kill you. And then he goes up. And then part of the game plan. This is what I want to see. The game plan. I love that film Warrior. Right. I love the Warrior. I don't even remember if the game plan was in that. Warrior with fucking Tom Hardy and your man, another Egerton, great flick. As good as this flick, I'd say. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, body shot, body shot, body shot. And then, like, this is the whole plan. And then it's like, he's fucking laying it, laying it, laying it. Apollo saved by the bill. And then Apollo's like, ain't going to be no rematch. Like, I don't want no rematch, right? And then the music swelled. Da, 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 and it's like, you know, da, da, it's like the proper fucking music. And like, Adrian. And they're like, Naming, they're saying who won, and like it was a split decision. And Rocky can't even hear it. Rocky doesn't even hear the result. He doesn't care. All he wants to do is see Adrian. And he's like, "I love you. I love you too." And he has a hand up. What a flick! What a flick! I will say it's the last. It is. It is the fight. It's the fight and the end that gets me. Right? I could comfortably. I might just watch the fight scene and the ending on fucking movie clips on YouTube for the foreseeable. Um, but what a flick, right? And, but I will say this, right? It kind of, well, see, this is why I like watching movies with my wife because she explains things to me and then I can steal her, her, her point of view, right? I had said after that, I was like, it kind of doesn't feel earned or gratified because I didn't think his life seemed that bad. Even a fucking loan shark gave him five hundred quid before the fight and was like, hey, thanks, Rock, I love you. Like it seems like a fucking legend. It seems like a nicer guy than Mickey, you know? He doesn't seem like his life is too bad, right? But now after talking it out here to you now and having a day to kind of percolate on it before I gave it a plunge, um it is the fact that he has just eaten so much shit, punches included, and he can just show how much shit a guy could eat. That's it. 
you know how fucking how a guy can just keep fucking getting back up that's what it's about and i'm sure and you know and it's a great flick i'd love to talk about demolition man but i realize now i've been talking for an hour and a half right and i haven't even edited this down it's probably going to be a bit longer sound cues included but hey if you like me talking about movies, guess what? I talk about movies over my Patreon. I've also talked about my top emo tracks of all time. I've talked about my favorite uh, toys of all time. I have talked about stories of some of the worst jobs I've ever had. I do regular Q&As. I can add you to my close friends group on Instagram. Post things just for people on close friends on Instagram. If you think that's cool, you think, cool, man. If you think that's something you'd be interested in, it's only a five a month. I'd love to have you on there. At the moment, there's probably over, um, just over 20 podcast that you can listen to right now if you pay a fiver so check that out if you don't like it you don't have to continue for a second month it's entirely up to you in the meantime thank you very much i'll be back next week for not only my review of demolition man what a life i live that i can just say that but also getting my tarot read tarot my friend is a tarot card reader i'm gonna ask her to put me in touch with the realm of the seed and i'm gonna get on here pull a fucking greener and let you know about the lady with the three cups I'm still here. Goodbye.